Hey guys, I just want to take a moment to thank today's sponsor. Sponsor for today's episode is Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free, and there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. That's where this podcast was made, and maybe that'll be where your podcast will be made. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Hello, welcome to the show. I am your host, Michael Aceta. Today we're going to talk about best friends and how they came to be. So, my question for you is, who is your best friend? You can have more than one, that's totally acceptable, but who is your best friend? What makes them your best friend? Take a second, think about it. I have many people in my life that I would consider wonderful, wonderful people, and I have a very select few of people who are considered my best friends. And the qualities that I find good in them is that they're good people, they stand up for what they believe in, they've never missed a day, they are always there, they show up. They have that determination that nobody else has. They're caring when necessary. They're stern when they need to be. They're just the kind of people that you need in your life to help elevate you and get you to where you want to be. Now, once we have our qualities about our best friend, we need to dissect where they came from. You could look at your own qualities if you can't think of somebody off the top of your head, but try to understand where those qualities came from, right? So for one of my best friends, it comes from his dad. His dad is a very straightforward person. He takes care of everybody in his family the best way he can, even when he doesn't have much. And so seeing that, I can see that in my best friend. I can see it. It's clear as day. I'm like, that's where you got it from. Another one of my best friends, because of her experience in life, she cares about kids. She wants to see them succeed. She wants to see them successful in doing what they want to do, following their own paths, but in a productive kind of way. So where do those things come from? Now, why am I bringing this up? Your best friend was trained, whether they want to admit it or not. They were trained in some aspect in life, whether their parents trained them, when their social constructs trained them, whether mentors trained them, whatever it may be. Somebody trained your best friend. Now, how does that relate to dog training? When you get a dog, you have to train them. (laughs) It's as simple as that. I know this sounds like a setup. When you get a dog, you have to train them. You love your best friend because somebody trained them. Somebody trained your best friend. They molded your best friend into being the person that you care about so much. So... Why not do that with your dog? You have the opportunity to control exactly how you want your dog to exist. Now, yes, your dog has their creative freedoms, whatever you want to say, and and their own personalities. But there are certain things, just like people, they might have certain virtues, but how they go about those virtues are always different, right? One of my favorite shows, Grey's Anatomy, I've been watching it. I'm on season, I don't know, 12 maybe. I love seeing the characters and how they develop their own problems really, but how they can solve their problems. So if I had one of those problems in life, I would probably solve it very different than the way they would solve it. And if 
different characters have a similar issue, I love watching how they completely do different things. So one character might, you know, run into a room and confront the person right away. The other person talks to it, talks to their significant other about it, and their significant other tells them to deal with it, or their significant other goes and deals with it. So looking at that dynamic is fantastic. But how they go about doing that is probably a product of how they were raised, or at least one aspect of that is how they were raised. So with our dogs, although they have their own personalities and characteristics and quirks, the more we teach them to be what we want them to be and behave how we want them to behave and to be an upstanding citizen, an upstanding canine of society, there's less stress involved. We can enjoy our time together. There isn't angst. Like, like people who say they don't want to train their dog don't make sense to me. It really doesn't. Yes, busy lives, things are going on. You know, you already trained your kids practically. But what's one more kid? You know, there's a statistic, I forget um, who published it, but after three children, it's practically the same. You could go all the way up to 15 kids, like it's the exact same as having three kids. Um, You lower your standards and you just kind of go with it. But with our dogs, you know, if you had three dogs, it's still going to be three dogs. But if you trained two of them, the third one's going to pick up pretty quick. And if you get a fourth one, well, they're going to pick up pretty quick. One of my favorite things to watch is a silencing routine at a kennel. Um, I interned at the Guide Dog Foundation, and they had this routine set up where every morning at 7 o'clock we would go in and we would click and reward only the dogs that were quiet. After a couple minutes, every single dog was quiet in the kennel. Now, yes, we did that every single morning. However, it left the kennels quiet for the rest of the day. For the rest of the day, the kennel was quiet. In the morning, they were all excited. I get it. But for the rest of the day, the kennels were quiet. Peaceful, no stress. These dogs were relaxed. And I don't know where I was going with that train of thought. Hold on. It'll come to me. It's coming back. So when we did that, we were taking the dog's characteristics, their natural overexcitement, and teaching them how they should behave, which brought them back down. It calmed them down. And that helped with the rest of their day. So if you take five minutes in the morning to train your dog during breakfast, it's going to translate to the rest of the day. That's what your dog is now thinking about. That's what your dog is prepared to do for the rest of the day. And if you spontaneously train them, it's going to stick, which is perfect. So, takeaways. Make sure that you are training your best friend to be the dog that you want them to be. You can even ask your best friends who have dogs. If they've trained their dog, are they happy with the result that they got? If they haven't trained their dog, why aren't they training their dog? If you have questions, comments, concerns, you need resources for training, head over to matadorcanine.com. I will see you there. I'll talk to you guys soon. Get out there, get training.